Welcome in to another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball. I am your host, Patrick Jones, and I'm a former hitting coach in the Baltimore Orioles organization. Um, now I work with hitters in the private sector in Cincinnati, Ohio, and also help players with college recruiting. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about just that, college recruiting. I get a ton of questions on recruiting, um, you know, players sending in videos to see what I what I think, what level that they should go to, how to get seen, should the Yoda showcases, PBR, perfect game. So, I, you know, in this episode specifically, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Division One players versus, you know, D2 and D3 and some of the timelines. And the reason why is I just think so many players out there right now are D1 or bust type of mentality, which partly I understand being that, you know, everybody wants to go play at the biggest and best school possible. So I totally get that. But I, what I want to do is talk about why certain players are going to division one and why the majority aren't. And just because you aren't going division one doesn't mean you can't play there. And it doesn't mean you're not a good player. But I, I think it is important to to talk about why some of you aren't getting going to be going Division One and, and why you aren't currently getting recruited to go play to go play a Division One school. I just I just do. And so the first thing is first, your age is important. The year you graduate is important. And I say that because if you can do certain things as a as a freshman, you know, you're gonna be viewed differently than if you can do those same things as a as a 2023 grad or a, you know a upcoming senior so if, if you're an, an eighth or ninth grader right now you know they're not necessarily looking for you to be as polished as someone who is a senior and the way it works is if you're a, a power five type of player right so if one of if the sec the pac-12 the big 12 i can't even get all their names right acc all these big conferences are currently looking at you First off, that's rare, right? So if you're watching this or listening to this and you see one of your friends or someone you've played against getting recruited or posting something online, you got to understand that's extremely rare that, you know, someone is going to get recruited to play college baseball or getting an offer to play college baseball at that young of an age. It may seem like the norm because of social media, but remember how social media works you don't go viral by just doing ordinary things, right? Or just or ordinary news doesn't go viral, right? Something really, really good goes viral or something really, really bad goes viral. And that's the case in the real world. And it's also the case in the baseball world too and recruiting world too. So yes, there are kids who do go to commit to a power five, but let's also not forget it's just a verbal, so it doesn't necessarily – it means something, right, because obviously there's some interest there, and they don't just hand those out to just anybody. But, it, it you know, the, the journey is far from over for anybody who's committing as an eighth or ninth grader. And from what I've seen and the coaches that I've talked to, you know, those those players who early on are, are getting some of those offers at from those big-time schools, you know, kids who are, you know, eighth, ninth, even tenth grade, they usually possess a couple of things, you know, one, if they're a pitcher, you know, they one first thing is velocity, obviously, right there. You're usually high eighties at that point. If they're eighth, ninth, even going into 10th grade, they're high eighties. If you're a left-handed pitcher, maybe more so mid eighties and topping out 86, 87. 
um, have starting to have a little bit of feel for that breaking ball and can, can mix it in for a strike. And then sometimes you got to remember too, part of it is, you know, they're projecting, right? So it's not just what you can do, what they can do right now. It's also what coaches think that they can do in years to come. So maybe it's also body type too. Maybe they just, well, they just like their body. They think that they're going to fill out and they want to give them an offer now before any of their competitors do, um, you know, later on down the road. So that's, I would say that's the, the, the way it usually goes is those power five schools come in first and they try to get the top talent across the country. And while that's going on, uh, you know, some of the mid-major schools, D1 schools, you know, they try to get in the mix a little bit too, but let's face it, they're not stupid and neither are the D2 and D3 uh, level schools either. They know every kid that young isn't going to commit to a, a mid-major or a D2 or D3. So they just don't waste a lot of their time on that because they usually just wait and see what's left over after all those power five players are, are, um, are signed or verbally committed, um, you know, from a position player standpoint for one of those top, top talents to be picked up, you know, I mentioned pitchers, a lot of the college coaches that I've talked to and have had on this podcast, they consistently talk about wanting players who can play up the middle. Defense is extremely important. All right. I get it. I'm a hitting coach and I love talking about hitting but defense is very, very important. So if, if you can play up the middle and you also have a good bat, that means that when you get to college, you know, maybe they already have someone who can play up the middle, but because you have the versatility and, and already have the athleticism to be able to play up the middle, they can put you in a corner spot and you'll be fine defensively. Versus if you're a corner player right now, you're probably going to be a corner player in college. And so what that means is you probably don't have a ton of speed uh, you may not have a lot of arm strength, so that limits where you can play, and that puts even more pressure on your bat to be able to perform. So it's really just uh, playing the odds for, for these college coaches. They're like, well, if we have two kids who have, and their, their bats are pretty similar, we're going to take the kid who can play up the middle because that usually means he has more range, he has more speed, he can play defense better better arm strength, maybe he can stick up the middle or he could potentially play in on in a corner position. That I mean, and if you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense. So when you're comparing yourself to some other players, you got to take into account it's not just the bat. It's also can you play the field? Can you run? Can you get to second base on your own? I've heard that multiple times too. Coaches are like they're out, when they're out recruiting, they're like, "Can this player get to second base on his own?" at the college level via speed or power. That's from what I've gathered, from what I've seen from the players that I work with from a recruiting standpoint. That's what those power five schools are going after early on. And of course, there's always exceptions, but for the majority, that's what they're looking for. Uh, now, you know, going down the line, you know, by the time you're, you know, that summer heading into your junior year, you know, junior season, and then finally heading into that senior season, that's when a lot more of the division mid-major division one schools start to come out and, you know, and, and kind of grab those next wave of players. And, you know, those are, you know, of course, some of the kids are still want that power five level. They, you know, they still want to play at the power five. And, but that's when you'll start to see more of those kids start to commit then. And then, you know, the summer heading into, and then your senior year, that's when the D2, D3, NAIA, and JUCO start to come out. I had on Troy Merriman, who's a Division II coach at the University of Finley, and he said that for the first time ever, they had a, a, a high school player commit in the spring of his junior year 
to the University of Finley, which is Division II school. So that goes to show you that most of the time, heading summer, heading into your senior year and all of your senior year, that's when the D2, D3, NAIA, and JUCOs are, rec- are recruiting players. So there's no reason to panic. You know, right now I'm recording this. It's July 29th, 2022. If you haven't been recruited as of right now, or if you know you haven't gotten any offers, there's no reason to panic at all. I would say at this point, if you're a 2023, the chances of you going D1, if you don't have any offers D1 or nobody talking to you from a Division One school, um, I would say they're they're pretty low because of the transfer portal and, and how coaches can go in and get players out of the transfer portal who already have that division one experience, but there's no reason to panic at all because there's, you know, this is, this is the time starting now all the way until you graduate, you have plenty of time to, to be seen by coaches and to, to talk with coaches. So when we talk about, you know, division one players, and, and this is, I want to go over this now because I, I just kind of just try to explain the timeline of the, you know, recruiting the power fives, the D ones, and then when the D twos, D threes, NAIs and JUCOs start to recruit. And again, this is just a, a range. There's, there's, of course, there's outliers like with everything else. But when I, when you look at division one baseball players you know, who are being recruited versus those who aren't, uh, you know, sometimes they can be exposure. Although with social media, that's not, it still happens, but it's not as common. But let's look at it from a, just a holistic player standpoint, just skill standpoint. And we'll first start out from a position player. Okay. Cause I know everybody likes objective information when they, you know, you know, why isn't so-and-so being recruited by division one. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to give you objective information and numbers. If you're an outfielder, you need to be running below a seven. All right. If you're a center fielder, probably below a six, seven, I would say, if you want to play division one college baseball as an outfielder arm strength, you need to at least be throwing high eighties from the outfield. You need to be taking good routes to the balls, obviously hitting the cutoff, man. That's, I mean, that's obvious. And you, you need to be able to rake, right? Especially if you're a corner outfielder, you have to be able to mash because again, similar to what I talked about earlier, you're a corner player. And so if you don't rake and someone else that they're looking at is, is similar to you when it comes to hitting and your abilities from the hitting standpoint, they're going to go with that other person. So if you're a corner outfielder in high school, you need to be able to rake and you still need to be, you know, seven O or below 60 running the 60. You got to be able to have some speed. You can't be clogging the bases. You know, we're looking at the at the infielders standpoint. You know, you need to be throwing probably mid at least mid 80s, at least across the infield, running, you know, six, seven, six, eight, sixty. If you're a middle infielder, again, if you're a corner guy, maybe a little bit more lenient. But if you're a corner guy, again, you know, you've got to be very, very good defensively, but your bat has to, I mean, and when I and when I say your bat has to be good, I mean you need to be dominating where you're playing right now like there there needs to be clearly like you step up to the plate and like everyone knows that there's a dude up at the plate right like that that's what i mean by dominating you can't just be fitting in and think that you should be going division one like it's not just everybody again don't let social media fool you like with a lot of things going on in the world that's not the norm. Most players aren't going division one and it's not because they're not good players. They're just, they're not there right now. And so from a, a you know, a recruiting standpoint, you need to be dominating with the bat. You just do plain and simple. Uh, you need to be hitting with power. You know, we'll talk about exit velocity in a second here after I get done with catchers. And so lastly, from a, you know, the last position player catchers, uh, you know, 
Here's the thing. Pop times, you're not fooling anybody with a, a 1.7 pop time in high school. All right. The ML, MLB average is, I think, a 1.9. So that you're basically, if you're saying you throw a 1.7 or a 1.8, you're better than most of the big league catchers out there. And that's just not true. So from a catching standpoint, of course, they want arm strength. Uh, you know, they want to be able to, you, want, you need to be able to block. You need to be able to frame. You need to be able to throw out runners, all those things. But you also need to be able to hit. If you go back and listen to the episode I did with Devin Mazzarocco, who um, caught in the major leagues and was a very good catcher, and now he coaches at the University of Pittsburgh, I asked him what he's looking for. And the first thing he actually said from a catching standpoint is, you know, I'm looking for guys who can hit. He's like, we can always work on some stuff from catching standpoint, but you need to be able to hit. That kind of perfectly flows into what I'm going to talk about next from a, a hitting standpoint from a position player. Is if you want to go play Division One baseball, you need to be around 100 miles an hour exit velocity. Now, if you're a, an eighth grader or a ninth grader and you're using a drop three, maybe it's not quite that high yet and you'd still get some, some offers. But if you're an upperclassman, you need to be around 100 miles an hour exit velocity to, to be in the conversation. And if you're not, then you just you have to you would need to be able to be an up the middle guy who has you know has some speed run six 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 seven and just extremely consistent with the bat. Your swing decisions are very good. You're able to walk at you know a, a pretty decent rate because you have a good eye at the plate and you're just a really really good hitter. And I would say for the most part that's you know not always the case. So exit velocity wise, I would be aiming for right around 100 miles an hour. And when I say that, I mean not just off of a tee or nice easy flips. I mean someone throwing pretty firm BP or or maybe even off the machine heading in there. And and that has to translate to the game too, right? Like you're driving balls. If you're hit, able to hit a ball 100 miles an hour, you're hitting home runs. And again, I'm saying this stuff not to put anybody in a position where they're, they're feeling discouraged. I just get so many questions on, you know, playing division one baseball that I just wanted to give my, my opinion. And, you know, I've had on hundreds of college coaches on this podcast. And so in talking to them um, and then just my own observation on, on what I see, I think it is the right thing to do to, to be honest and, and put good information out there. That's just, you know, not just fluff and saying something because somebody wants to hear something. So you need to be dominating with the bat. And you know, the last thing I'll talk about with position players is dominating with the bat, hitting for being able to hit for power. And, and then lastly, they're looking at your swing too, right? Like you, you need to have a swing that when they way watch your mechanics, they think, oh, this swing will be able to adjust to college level pitching because that's what they're that's what they're basing you on. Like, can this guy hit at the college level? And so if from a mechanical standpoint, if you don't have good mechanics, well, you're not going to be able to adjust to, to mid nineties. If you're facing good pitching, right. You're not going to be able to be able to stay back on the breaking ball and hit a good changeup and all these things. So they are looking for mechanics too, you know, from a position player standpoint. And then, you know, lastly, we'll talk about the makeup from a position player standpoint. Uh, you know, that's definitely, you know, up there when it comes to importance. I view that more so as a, as a given in the sense that if you don't have that, we're not even worried about anything else because you have to have good makeup. You have to play hard. You have to run hard. You have to do all those things be, you know, viewed as, uh, you know, a college baseball player, you know, someone that, you know, is going to offer that player to come to their school. You know, with all of that from a position player standpoint, that's kind of how I would wrap that up. And then from a pitcher standpoint, you know, you need to be around 90 miles an hour, I would say, if you want to play Division One college baseball. If you're a lefty, maybe not quite as high. 
but 90 miles an hour is right around there. But more importantly than being able to throw 90 miles an hour, you need to be able to throw strikes and you need to be able to have, a, you know, a slider, a breaking ball, something that you can also throw four strikes consistently too. It's not just enough to be able to throw one pitch for, for strikes. You're not gonna be able to get college hitters out like that. And, you know, ideally a, a good changeup too. Um, because again, you're facing much better competition when you're, when you're talking about going up against division one hitters than you are high school hitters. You, you're not gonna be able to overpower them with 90 miles an hour. So you need to be able to throw strikes I've talked with college coaches time and time again with the velocity craze now who they have pitchers on their staff who can throw mid, sometimes even high 90s. But they say, you know, Patrick, we can't throw them because they don't throw strikes. And so we can't forget at the college level, it's about winning games. And so if you can't throw strikes, it's going to be hard for someone to, to take a chance at you at the Division One level. And, you know, from a, a pitching standpoint, you know, the last point I'll make is, is well, two points. One, projectability. Two, mechanics. And they go both go a little bit hand in hand. One, from a projectability standpoint, you know, what's your body type? What's your body size? Do you have room to fill out? Do you have room to, you know, are you going to be able to put, you know, velocity on or are you, you pretty much bulked up, filled out? There may not be much more in the tank. And then the second thing is, is the mechanics and movement standpoint. There's nothing wrong with having maybe a, a little bit of, of inefficient movement from a pitcher standpoint, but what a college coach doesn't want to have happen is, you know, you, you're just a huge project and you need, he needs to do a complete overhaul on your mechanics and everything. And, you know, you may not be even touching the mound until you're a sophomore or junior. So mechanics definitely are important um, from a pitching standpoint too, um, as a pitcher, similar to as a hitter from a position player standpoint, that that's the simplest way I can view division one college players, like what they're looking for. And then when you start going down to D2, D3, sometimes there's not very much of a difference. Just, it's just a little bit. And that's the thing to remember. That's why it's so important to focus on getting a little bit better each day, because that's what usually separates guys. It's just, you know, a little bit, it's not a ton. And it may just be one guy can throw strikes more consistently than the other guy, or, you know, one guy you know, hits barrels more than the other guy. They may have the same tools, but the, the guy who is going division one just does it a little bit more consistently or he, he has better plate discipline or whatever it is. Um, so it's not a lot, which is, again, I, I view that as encouraging or I want that to be encouraging for you. That shows that you can improve and, and, you know, get to the level that, you know, maybe you want to get to. It's about being consistent every day. And that's, this is the last thing I'm going to leave you with, even though this is a recruiting episode, I want to leave you with more of like a development type of uh, thought. And last, what I'll say here is, just because you don't see yourself getting better every day doesn't mean that you're not getting better every day, okay? Growth takes time. It takes consistency. And in order to obtain that growth, you know, we have to have consistency. And so you have to be consistent every single day. All right. And so it's kind of like comp the compound effect in investing. You may put in a couple hundred bucks in a certain account, maybe a hundred dollars in an account. You keep putting that in, you know, month after month. And, you know, you check it every once in a while and it really hasn't made that much money. But years and years and years down the line, you look back like, man, like now I've made some money. It's the same thing with developing. 
And it's the same thing in baseball in general is you have to be able to do the boring stuff day in and day out, the nutrition, the eating right, the lifting weights, the the you know practicing, pushing yourself, all those things. And over time, you will look back and be like, man, I got a lot better. But if if you're just, you know, constantly focusing on how farther you have to go to get to where you want to go, it's you're going to get overwhelmed and discouraged and you're not going to get to where you want to go. So again, you know, you're getting better when, and you don't even know it, but you just have to continue to push yourself. Don't let the daily results keep you from consistently working because consistency leads to growth. Okay. And that's what I'm going to leave everybody with. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you have any other questions on recruiting, head to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash recruit. Sign up for my email list, and I, I put out free content every week on the via email. So patrickjonesbaseball.com slash recruit, and you'll be sent free inf- info each week on recruiting. Hope that helped. Um, appreciate everybody for tuning in, and we'll see everybody next time. 